happening. Um, we, are, uh, we are wrapping up our series today, a series I really felt God was moving us toward when we, um, when we started these services, a series called The Middle. And we've been really looking at what's it feel like to be in the middle. And the truth is we didn't have to look too far because we've all kind of been in the middle. We've been stuck in the middle. We, when are we opening? When are we not opening? Uh, when are we going to get back to normal? I know people are excited about the gym opening tomorrow. Woo! Yes, we get to get our pump back on again. Uh, we've been trying to do everything we can to work out, but, but we've been stuck. Our world has been turned upside down. So many people, their businesses, so many people, their finances, so many people have struggled. The, the transition, uh, parents having to transition, and how do you take care of your kids? How do you get those kids to do that work they're supposed to be doing online? My wife is a teacher, and she, she spends most of her time talking with the kids and, and trying to get them to do their online work and get the parents, and the parents are like, how do you do this with 19? I have one, and I can't get them to stay at their desk so um so so that's been something we find ourselves in the middle some people hadn't been able to get their hair freshened up you know so i know that this past week there's been some people getting freshened up you know i don't know see will took care of me right there you know and and sam's hollering he took care you see so we're we're, we're getting back to and dave's in the back saying will too so we have had a chance for people to be together and we are just um we're finally getting back to normal we're reopening our city we're reopening our state we're reopening our country and 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 here's the facts the facts of the matter is we have a plan for us to begin to gather together I shared it with you these are things that are just going to be normal to get us back uh, to take the first small steps that's all we're doing is taking the first small steps is our plan perfect nope you know why? We ain't never done this before. We've never done this before. So is it, is it going to work? Yes. How? Together. We can make it work. We can make it work. If you show up, we've already told you, we're going to do the temperature. We're asking you to wear the mask. Do those things. These are the things that are going to, to help us. But here's the problem. The problem is we're asking people to do things that are counter to our nature. Our natural nature is to push back. So we're asking people to be sacrificial. So, so maybe, maybe you find that maybe some people say, I think masks are needless, or I don't think we need hand sanitizer, or I think this whole thing's a farce. Maybe that's you. Maybe the other people are saying, we ain't ready to do this. We ain't, you know, you shouldn't do this. And let's go Romans 14 on everybody. Let's not judge one another. Let's, let, let's, let's, let's be counter to our nature and let's sacrificially wear a mask. I'm not wearing a mask for me. I'm going to wear a mask for, for others. Not for me, for others. I care enough about others that I'm going to do that. And so it's important for us to understand that. Um, uh, we also need to act humbly. You know, I have never met so many experts in my life. I have not. Get calls from people. You, you don't, I, do you work for the World Health Organization? Because I've never met so many experts in my life. People are experts. Please, don't wear a mask. Wear a mask. Do this. Don't do that. And all of a sudden, everybody is an expert and nobody's got any, any letters behind their names. But everybody knows what we should do. 
Act humbly. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. I know it's against our nature because we know everything. Just ask God. We're always telling God what we think he should do, aren't we? And then when he doesn't do it, we're like, see, God, if you just listen to me, and God's like, really? I'm kind of God and you're kind of not. You know? So we're going to do that, but we have to act with patience. We must act with patience. If, you, if you're going to come, come. But come happily and joyfully and, 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 and ready to worship Jesus. If you're going to stay home, stay home and be excited about it. Be a part of our online ministry. Pump it up. Be excited. You don't have to, to down the people that are coming and the people who are coming don't have to down the people that aren't. Can't we just be patient and love one another and call ourselves one? Can't we just be in unity? And finally, Ephesians chapter 4. How are we doing this is the answer. How can we make it work? See the best and believe the best in everybody. That's against our nature. Against our, We always are looking for who's plotting against us. But let's see the best in each other. Let's believe the motivations are the best. Let's not see the worst. This is how we're going to be successful. I truly believe that what we have been through from March to now in our country, our state, our world, even our biblical community has changed us forever and it has changed the way we see God forever. And that doesn't have to be bad. No, 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 no. Truthfully, I pray with all of my heart that this next statement is true because I've said it from the beginning. I don't want to go back to normal. Normal wasn't working. Something was broken. There's a new normal that God has planned for us. I don't want to go back to that old normal. I want to go back to this new, I want to go to a new normal where faith and family and God and community matters more than all of our other stuff. We were in the middle, we're in the middle of phase one, so where do we turn? We turn to God for instruction. Who do we lean on? We lean on God for instruction. And today, our, 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 our biblical characters are the disciples. They're followers of Jesus. But do you know, they didn't get it right all the time either. Thank God. Thank God they didn't get it right all the time because they give us a chance to understand what that means because you see the disciples were challenged by Jesus and had to change the way they saw God in the world and I believe this this what we're going through has changed forever changed the way we see God in the world I hope that we see God as sovereign I hope we see the world as God as as God sees and he loves us all I hope that it's changed us but I hope it's changed us for the good. And I hope that we can leverage that good for the good of others. I hope that that's true. I hope that the changes that, that we see, the way we see God, the way we see our world, we now care more about the hungry. We more now care. You know, we've had a chance, and man, we've been so blessed and so grateful uh, for everybody, just, just for your faithfulness in so many ways. We were able to send love gifts to India 2,000 hungry people ate in India because of your generosity. Because we see God in the world. And little kids in Nicaragua, they just got a gift from us that's going to feed those little kids in Nicaragua through Enrich Missions because of you. 
because we see God in the world differently. We don't think, oh, we got to hoard, 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 hoard. No, we need to send, 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 send. We need to see the world differently. But in order for us to leverage what we've learned we've, and use it for the good, we've we got to see God's plan in the middle of it all. We have got to see God's plan in the middle of it all. This thing didn't take God by surprise. If you've read the Bible, you know this is not the first time that the world has been in trouble. But God has always brought us through. God is sovereign. Yes, we experience natural evil and moral evil. Natural evil is those things that the world is groaning and it's just experiencing the struggle and the groanings that you can read about in Romans 8. And then moral evil... Moral evil is, is when evil has an agent, and usually it's human beings. We talked about it in the very first week. There wouldn't be famine in the world. There's enough food rotting in warehouses right now to take care of the whole world. But people would rather see it rot than see hungry kids eat. doesn't make any sense. People say, did God do something? To me? Yeah, He sent the food, but you let it rot. God did something. People say, why hasn't God done anything about evil? Have you not read the gospel? Jesus is the reason He came to destroy the works of the enemy. God did something about evil. He sent His Son into the world to redeem us because He knows that there will be no social reform without spiritual renewal. Until men's hearts are changed, we won't change. We'll continue to do what's best for us. And, and the truth is, where's God when things haven't gone the way we think they should? You know where He is? Still on the throne, still in heaven, still being God. What, what happens when things don't go the way we, we think they should? When things, when things don't go, we should keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That's what we do. Our expectations must be shaped by Jesus and not our own desires. I said our expectations must be shaped by Jesus and not our own desires. We have to seek God's plan, not our plan. That's why I said I met, I've never met so many experts in my life. People who know more about the medical field than, than the, most, the, the most brilliant people in the world. I've never met so many uh, armchair experts. Everybody has an opinion, and it's opinion that is strong because it's their plan. I want God's plan. Whatever that is, I want to continue to seek God's plan. And you know what? If I continue to seek God's plan, the Bible tells me that He's going to reveal it over the course of time. But I'm going to have to trust Him even when things don't go the way I think they should. But it's not easy. So how do we see God's plan in the middle? How do we see God's plan in the middle? I'm glad you asked because I have some answers today from Scripture, not from me. Uh, and God is constantly correcting our assumed expectations of who He is and what He is supposed to do. The disciples had the same struggle. The disciples had the same struggle in Mark chapter 4, verse 38 through 40. It says, but, we, but He was in the stern asleep on a cushion, speaking of Jesus. So here's all this happening, and Jesus is asleep in the stern on a cushion. 
And they woke him up and listened to what they say to Jesus. Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Jesus is in the boat with them. Can I tell you something? Jesus is in the boat with you. Just because he's not doing what you think he should when you think he shouldn't doesn't mean God's plan is being missed. And he awoke and he rebuked the wind and, and, and said to the sea, listen to this, peace be still. You know what Jesus did? Jesus said, there's too much noise right now. There's this, the wind and the, all this and you guys are blah, 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 blah. Peace be still. And he shut the wind up and he shut the seas up. And he said, now what were you saying to me again? Because uh, I, I missed what you, you were saying. That's the PMV version, by the way. I'll read this. I'll read the, the ESV now. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? I'm in the boat with you. And you say, you don't care if we're perishing? Jesus loves us. He loves every one of us. You see, Jesus challenges their unbelief. And this is not a message about whether you're coming or not. This is a message about your faith. And nobody can talk to you clearer for you than you to God. I don't need somebody coming up to me telling me the Lord told me what I need to do. I need the Lord to tell me. And if he tells me, I'm his son. He loves me. You're his daughter. He loves you. The Lord said you should give me money. No, he didn't. Lord didn't tell me that. The Lord says you should go to church. The Lord says you should stay home. I'm not here to play Holy Spirit Junior. I'm here to tell you that God has to do what God has to do. And when God gives you clearance, I'm ready. But not until then. You see, this is the, and I believe it takes more belief, more faith to act, to do what God has said. I have some people who've wept with me and said, Pastor, I want to come so bad, but I know it's not my time. Stay home, please. Don't, don't let me sway you. I am not the fourth member of the Trinity. There is only three. The Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. It's not the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit and Pastor Mike. Uh-uh. X that one. It's three. And guess what? I trust Him. I actually trust Him. It's going to work out. So it helps us, and perhaps this pandemic has caused some unbelief in us. You know, let Jesus speak to you. The disciples, he, they, they, said, they simply something, they said, Jesus, don't you care? And let me tell you, I don't know if you know this, but he cares about you. He loves you so much. Jesus cared more about his disciples than they knew. But you know what he also cared more about? God's plan as well. He's like, God's plan. And you know what happened? The disciples then realized, oh my God, literally, oh my God, who is this that controls the wind and the seas? That's what it says. He says, what happened? They said, we're in the middle of a storm. Jesus wakes up and says, hey, peace be still. What were you saying? And then they're like, yeah, nothing. And the Bible says they were afraid. It, that's what it says. It says they were afraid. It says so they just were like, nothing, master. We're good. Nothing, teacher. It was just me and you. Jesus 
is at work. He cares more about us. Then later, here's these same disciples. You know what I love about this? I love about this is because I, I'm, I'm just like these dudes. I don't know about everybody else might be more spiritual than me, but I mess up, I trip, I stumble, I fall. You know what I mean? One minute Jesus is saying, on this rock, I'll build the church. The next minute he's going, get behind me, Satan. You know, I mean, it's just, that's what faith is to me, you know. And here's the disciples, and, and they come to Jesus another time, and the disciples said to him, grant us to sit, one at your right and one at your left in your glory. Right? And Jesus said to them, you don't know what you're asking. You'll be able to drink the cup. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized into the baptism in which I am baptized? And the Bible says he was speaking of his crucifixion. You know what they said? Yup. They had no idea. These guys were so full of self-righteousness that you know what they were looking for? Position and power. And Jesus is like, have you not been listening to me? I didn't come to give you position and power. I came to make you servants, to love, to serve, to, to love God and love people more than you love yourself. They didn't even know what they were saying, and yet they continued to pester Jesus. You know why? Because they were position and power blind. That's what happens to us. We get position and power blind. And we get mad at each other. We get mad at God and everybody else because we are position and power blind. And we miss God's plan because we're not paying attention. The truth of the matter is, you know what they wanted? They wanted to wear a crown without a cross. They wanted to wear a crown without a cross. And Jesus already said there's no crown without a cross. He says that anyone who wants to follow me, you have to take up your cross daily and follow me. And for that person, there's a crown of life that awaits for them. But you ain't getting no crown without a cross. And when, the when there were expectations of position and power and how and when Jesus was going to set up his kingdom wasn't their plan, they tried to correct it. In walks Judas. I'll force his hand. Time and time again we see this. And then even after Jesus tells them, this isn't the time, I've got to be crucified. They don't like his plan, but he's like, listen, unless I give my life and pay sin's debt, you're lost. But when I give my life for you, then a new covenant starts. But don't worry, I'm going to be resurrected. And they forgot. They forgot God's plan. And they found themselves wallowing in a room, terrified and afraid. And then Jesus shows up and says, guys, I told you this was going to happen. It was God's plan. But this was so, so horrific. Jesus, we watched. They beat you. They, they, they mocked you. They spit on you. They hung you on a cross naked. This, how was this God's plan? He said, it had to be this way because I'm the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. There was no other way. I asked the Father in Gethsemane if there be any other way. And the Father said there was none. So I submitted to His plan and said, not my will, but Your will be done. I did that for You. Now I am the resurrection and the life. I did this for not a physical kingdom. And then he stands before Pilate. 
And Pilate says, hey man, all these guys are saying you are a king. Are you a king? And Jesus said, it's just like they say. He said, oh, so you are a king. And Jesus said, man, my kingdom is not of this world, man. This, this, <laughs> all this stuff, this is, not, this is not my kind of kingdom. I don't have an earthly empire. I have a heavenly kingdom. And he said, don't you realize that I have the power to set you free or crucify you? And Jesus said, Pilate, Pilate, Pilate. The only power that you have is the power that was given to you by my Father. And I could call 10 legions of angels, 10,000 angels right now. But that's not God's plan. This is God's plan. And he submitted himself for you and me. And the disciples saw that. And then later on, they were thinking that there was, not go there was going to be a crown without a cross. And now they're thinking the resurrected Jesus is here, and this is what happens in Acts. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you now restore the kingdom to Israel? Meaning an earthly kingdom. He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you'll receive power, dunamis, dynamite power, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and the utmost parts of the earth. He said, no, 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 this is not the plan. The plan now is to build God's kingdom and it's going to require you to carry a cross before you get your crown. You see, they had a political earthly king, uh, kingdom and empire in mind, but God's uh, kingdom is earthly, is not earthly, it's heavenly. And they couldn't wrap their mind around it. And if we're not careful, we can think ourselves right out of the kingdom. God's not doing what I think he should. Creating unrealistic expectations. Creating unreasonable expectations of who God is and what he should and shouldn't do. You know what it's going to do? It's going to create resentment. You'll start to resent God. And that's exactly what the enemy of your soul wants you to do. Resent God. Because if you resent God, you're far from his plan and purpose. You no longer want his plan and purpose. You want your plan and purpose because God can't be trusted. Jesus is constantly correcting self-seeking expectations. Constantly. The second thing that these disciples learned is God, God is constantly at work. We must become comfortable in the waiting. One of my favorite new songs is that uh, you never stop, you never stop working. You know, I love that way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. And then he says, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. God has never stopped working from March to now. God hasn't stopped working. He has been working even when you haven't seen it and even when you don't feel it. But listen to what the Apostle Paul tells us as followers of Jesus. We looked at the disciples as followers of Jesus. Now we need to look in 2020 at us. Therefore, my beloved, 
as you've always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Mind your own business. Work out your own salvation. Leave me to me and you to you. Right? For it is God. Look at this. Look at this. For it is God who works. For it is God who works in you. For it is God who works in you. Both to will and to work his good pleasure. Do all things. Oh, here we go now. Now we're getting ready to get into the the business side of this thing. Do all things without grumbling or disputing. That you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. Holding fast to the word of life. So that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Even if I'm being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith. I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you should also be glad and rejoice with me. Here is what I know. God is working. Here is what I know. God is at work in this world. He's advancing his eternal purposes. And he can even use the worst circumstance to bring about good. God's not asleep. No. He's working. Before you and I ever prayed about it, He was at work. Some of us have lost dear loved ones. Death may have taken them, but it couldn't keep them. I don't know why. Tragedy has visited my household. I don't know why. But you know what? I stopped asking why and started trusting in God's promises. I just said, God, here's what I know. You took my brother at 56. I don't know why. Maybe you spared him from things that, that I'll never know. But even if, even if you told me why, I'd still be broken. But I'm less broken because your promise says he's with you. Your promise says he's with you. And your promise says that I get to see him again and death will never take him ever again. So I hold on to that. And I trust your plan above my plan. God was working before you ever saw it. God is working before you ever feel it. He never stops. My prayer for all of us through this experience of what we've been through as a biblical community, as a city, as a state, as a country, as a world, is that we'll see God's hand. I don't want to see God's hand in just the big. I want to see God's hand in the small. I want to see God's hand in when you gave that sandwich to that person. When you spoke that word that needed to be spoken. I want to see God's hand. When you hugged your children a little bit tighter. 
want to see God's hand in those things. That's where I want to see it. My prayer is that our faith will be stronger because God's plan matters more than my plan. God doesn't owe me anything. He doesn't even owe me an explanation. But one thing for sure, I'm not going to hold him to expectations that are not a part of his plan. Whatever his plan is, that's what I want. And that's a brave thing to say. And that's a powerful thing to say. And it's a mighty thing to say. But I'll tell you what's harder, living it. Living it is harder. Anybody who told you faith is easy, they lied. They straight lied to you. Anybody who told you faith is easy lied. And Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. My prayer is that maybe we've gotten back to things that matter like faith and family and community. Maybe we'll cherish those things a little bit more. Maybe those things will be more important through this process. My prayer is that we, as we move from the middle to the next chapter, that we'll do it together and prefer God and each other. My prayer is that we won't do it alone. God wants to do this with us. He wants to do it individually with you, your family. Each per- he wants to do this with us. You know, I'll, 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 I'm just going to be as candid as I can be. I can't imagine facing what we have faced without Jesus. I'm just being honest and simply saying, well, you're a preacher. <laughs> I haven't always been a preacher. And I have faced some awful, awful things without God. And it made me want to finish. It made me want to be done. But with Jesus, man, all things are possible. You see, there was a time in my life when it was impossible. But now all things are possible. Through faith in Jesus. Through hope in Jesus. Through trust in Jesus. It's the worst thing that could happen to us. Life be taken. Jesus gave us eternal life. I don't want to go on the next bus. I don't know anybody that wants to go on the next bus. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to go now, right? But the truth of the matter is, is if it did all end today, I know to close my eyes would be to see my Jesus. I'm okay with that. Some people say, Pastor, that's big talk. Well, just last February, a year and a few months ago, I had that moment. Blood clots in my lungs, both lungs, clusters. Standing there in the middle of my living room thinking, this is it. This is how it ends. I don't see 50. 50 was going to be in June, and my dad died at 49, and I'm thinking, this is it. And I remember standing there, and I remember honestly... My wife had to convince me to go to the hospital, which she's still mad about. And so next time I have to go no matter what. I remember standing there and thinking, I'm okay. God, if you're done, if I've done everything that you wanted me to do, 
and tonight's my last night and I close my eyes, I get to see you. Went to the hospital. They did the test to see if you had a heart attack. Said no. I'm like, yeah. Then they come back and go, but you got clusters of blood clots in both lungs. I said, okay. Deal with it. Get in the car. My wife said, did you hear that? I go, that's really not as bad as they say. She's like, God, I just want to slap you. I go to the hematologist, and the hematologist says, it's as bad as it could be. If you don't take this medicine, something could break loose, and that's it. But you know why I'm convinced? It's because I have Jesus. If I didn't have Jesus, man, I'd have been freaking out in that room. I'd have been doing everything under the sun. But with Jesus, I was like, I'm cool. The cool thing is God wasn't done with me, and God isn't done with me. And, And that's why here we are months later, a year and plus months later, and God's still using me. I can't imagine facing that tragedy with, without Jesus. I can't imagine facing COVID and all this other business without Jesus. I don't want you to either. I want you to have Jesus in your life. I want you to have real faith. We've been honest here today. We've said it's not right, perfect. we said we fall down. We, uh, we have a saying at City on the Hill Church, we're not perfect, we're being perfected. And that's a work of the Holy Spirit. If you think you have to be perfect to follow Jesus, please don't watch me. Because <laughs> you are going to find out quickly that I spend more time on my face than I do on my feet. Some of it's because I tripped and fell, and the rest is because I'm repenting, saying, God, change me. Help me. But just like God never quits, I ain't going to quit on Jesus. He's never quit on me. So if you want that kind of relationship with God, you can have it right here, right now. And all we do is just simply, the Bible says this, if you believe in Jesus and if you receive him, he gives you the right to be called children of God and you get adopted into God's very own family. That's John chapter 1 verse 12. Not something that I'm just making up, but more importantly, I have lived it for the past couple decades. If you want Jesus, it's simple. When we do baptism next week, I ask people five questions. Do you believe in Jesus? And they have to answer yes. Do you believe He's the Son of God? And they answer yes. Do you believe He died on a cross for your sin? And the answer is yes. Do you believe that God raised Him from the dead? And the answer is yes. And do you believe that Jesus is preparing a place for you? And one day He's going to come and take you to be with Him? And the answer is yes. And then I say then, based upon your confession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. If you said yes to those questions today, you get a chance. A chance to know God and to get to know Him more every day. Would you pray with me? Father, we come.